How you like him? The lady with the paper hat asked me as she poured a little more coffee into my cup. As that you say, I said as a sad smile spread across her face and I looked up. She said, I take you to be a soft-boiled man. I don't understand. I reluctantly confessed. Listen, son, she said, I upset you, but you've got to know I'm going to have to break a couple of things to make your breakfast. Just glad to see a blue morning and a yellow egg at the break of rain day. But you got to break them before you make them. That's what they say. But you got to break them before you make them. That's what they say. podcast land asher here briefly i think i must say trigger warning this episode contains a lot of loose talk about violent sexual encounters between birds so earmuffs or just skip this one okay on with the show all right yeah we're i'm recording i'm good to go all right great so cool uh let's just get this out of the way then this part um welcome to how do you like your eggs the show for people who Love to eat by people who live to cook. My name is Asher Griffith, and I'm your host today because Jake and Anna have eloped to Mars. And today on our show, we have Alex Seiler, a bartender at Tangletown Public House. Public House, yeah, yeah. All right. And also a dear childhood friend of mine. Hello, Alex. Welcome to How Do You Like Your Eggs. Hello. I'm sorry I don't have an egg to offer you, and it would be impossible for, for me to give it to you. I would be lying if I said I didn't have an egg. I have so, so many eggs. I'm on a chicken farm. Well, I was just, I was kind of hoping that you would, um, yeah, you, as you mentioned, we're friends, so we talked last week. Uh, I was hoping that you would tell me a little bit about your eggs. Um, okay. <laughs> since, since you're kind of in control of the egg uh, of the egg currency, uh, it seems like you know if this all goes to hell. Yeah. So I thought maybe you were gonna like be like, oh, I learned how to cook eggs because I have an unlimited amount of eggs. <laughs> I have so so many eggs, and I have. I mean, technically, I guess they belong to my mom, but she gives me as many of them as I want. So I gotta... they belong to nature. Let's get, yeah, okay. let's get that straight. <laughs> the Earth is just a dead thing you can own. All right, the so, chickens are just like smoking cigarettes. Like this isn't my egg anymore. <laughs> like, you know, I yeah. gave up on that dream a long time ago. Uh, we totally have a. Um, we had a chicken who had just had some baby chickens, and all the baby chickens like grew up to a point that they were like, "Screw you, mom! We're gonna go like do hood rat shit with our friends." And so they ran out, and they were like, <laughs> just wouldn't listen to her anymore. And so she was like, "Fuck it!" And she went back in the nest and just like sat on eggs until it like waiting, <laughs> waiting to get some fresh kiddos who would mind, I guess. Oh man, I I've never understood like okay, so I mean I know I'm gonna preface this. I'm really bad at the way things I'm saying get organized. So this is going to make sense, but you have to like kind of piece it back together in your head. Um, 
I'm really confused on like how when chickens make eggs, like, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's creating an egg that is like the belly of a woman, but it's going to stick outside of the body if it's got like the other stuff in it. Right. Mm. But like, did chickens, do they know that there is no baby chicken in the egg when there is none? Like, do they get postpartum depression? Like every no. cycle <clears throat> or are they always just sad? I think that they they're probably just very sad like the rest of us. I mean no one's uh, ever asked them. Right. Uh so the way that it were a chicken a chicken egg is basically um ch- a chicken's menstrual fluid if you want to think of it like that. So like except it happens oh. every day or two. So a, a chicken has to go like go and and poop out an egg every day or two and um and they'll make one inside of them. We actually, uh, we killed one and ate it early on in my COVID stint here. And what we um, did not do, however, was gut it first. We were, it was the first time I ever tried to take a chicken from like living thing to plate. Uh, So we skipped a step on accident. And however, once we pulled that chicken out of the pot, once we'd boiled it, we were making chicken dumplings with it. We cut it open. We took out the guts. It was still good. And there were boiled eggs inside. One oh, was just, wow. one was just. And a, I bet they were uh, really well seasoned, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, there was one that was just a like just a boiled yolk inside, and there was one that was like a little bit more than that. But wow, yeah. So that they... is um, horrifying <laughs> uh, for a for a baby to go through. Um, I'm glad that they were only in their gooey phase, right? They, for the most part, they just will uh, pop an egg out every day or two, and they'll go on about their business. But if they start to feel like they're wanting to have kids, which I guess is like an actual chicken menstrual period, then they'll lay eggs and they'll sit on them and they'll ha- and they'll stay in their roost and like wait for the eggs to hatch. Um, which they don't know if any of the eggs have baby chickens in them but they're getting banged by the roosters constantly so it's likely that they that a couple might and so they'll just and they'll just so they'll just sit in there which is what this mama did who you know that i was talking about earlier but some but usually when when that happens if you don't want more chickens which my mom doesn't what she has to do is put them in like jail by themselves so that they won't try Mm -hmm. try to go sit on the nest because when they do that they won't eat or drink and they won't lay more eggs. Okay. So you have to like get them through. Like a gymnast. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you have to get yeah. them through this period of like, you know, de- desire for motherhood. Uh, God, so which man, that I, probably makes them really sad. It's like every day it creeps further into a, like a more forward thinking future. I mean, cross your fingers. I'm knocking on. Would I hope, you know, right. And I like understand the plot, the plight of like, of like women and motherhood more. I'm like, damn, like that stuff sounds so hard. And like being a chicken and just being like banged constantly <laughs> being, and like, <laughs> and it's like, and it's never really like, it's never really like your actual choice it's more of like your hormonal choice and like whenever you get fucked if it just happens to be like 
oh, right when I was like, you know, sealing up that last egg. <laughs> uh, it's just like, it's like so, imagine if that were a person i mean i'm sure it is like at some point yeah i'm getting too far off subject okay well i mean so, you've, you've got a cool you've got, uh you've got a point like something that i've been thinking about a lot actually is that like ducks got such a bad rap it was like you know oh, like, it yeah. was like a meme that yeah. ducks rape so they're shitty or whatever but i mean this chicken and chicken sex is like kind of violent and like it just happens like Whenever the rooster feels like it, it seems like that chicken is just like chilling there, pecking on the ground or whatever. And then blammo, there's a big ass rooster on top of her. And like, it only yeah. takes him a few seconds and then he runs off and she shakes it away. And he usually pulls out a few of her feathers in the meantime. And, uh, and it's like, I don't know, like pretty much every animal except for humans rapes exclusively for reproduction. There might be like a few other species, but, um, <laughs> I, I think the I I think the the main difference between because yeah I mean I used to be a really big fan of like the duck rape scene um, <laughs> and uh, I I think that <laughs> I think that the main distinction between those is uh, kids probably see ducks getting r- raped a lot more than they're actually seeing chickens getting raped because every walk of life will bring their kid to a park, you know? Right. Um, I, uh, I can't imagine a lot of kids in big cities getting to see, uh, chickens. Like, in their, in their natural as, habitat. <laughs> yeah. As like freely, <laughs> freely roaming, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I've definitely like, and, and you stare at ducks, you know, sometimes chickens are like, Oh, chicken, whatever. It's dirty. Um, <laughs> But like you, you stay like you're looking into a duck's little eyes and looking at its calm top and thinking about its little legs, legs wiggling, and then, and and while you're making eye contact, it's it just starts getting raped, and that and like <laughs> you feel that soul bond. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like what was that? There's like that episode of Thirty Rock where he he needs to get. Jack needs to get a sign language interpreter to see what he's saying, but he forgets to tell her that right after he says it, he starts vomiting from excitement. And so she's staring directly into the guy's mouth and trying to read his lips. And then he throws up and she's mad because he didn't warn her, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. It's a little like that. I, guess. I promise we're done talking about that now. Sorry. Anyway, if somehow you are enjoying the show, please go to patreon.com slash radio to pledge your support. Even as little as a dollar a month really gets our eggs a lamb, if you know what I mean. That's less than the cost of an hour's worth of work from an employee at minimum wage in Washington State. Think about that. Think about that. Most of you start to keep your money in your socks or bras around this time of year, right? Look there for a dollar you didn't get to spend at a corner store and send it our way. Now, we'll be back with more meaningful discussion with Alex after this message from our sponsors. Still no sponsor. Well, uh, do you have a business? Does that business sell a product or provide a service? Does that product or service deserve a charming producer or host to endorse it? If you answered yes to any of those questions, just drop us a line at louder at cicadaradio.com. That's L-O-U-D-E-R at cicadaradio.com. And we're back.
All right, so yeah. you're on How Do You Like Your Eggs because you were a longtime service industry worker in New Orleans. No longer. You now live in right. Seattle. Smart choice. Not necessarily considering COVID infection probability, but mm-hmm. for many other reasons, I'd say. Though, I mean, I'm going to stop you there because uh, I want everyone to know, and I'm sure they do, but there's. I have to still remind people sometimes here. Service industry in Seattle you get $15 an hour to be on the floor. Sick. <laughs> um, and in New Orleans, you get two two and a third dollar to be on the floor. And you still get the same amount of tips. <laughs> yeah. Um, even less sometimes, though. Um, so in if New you Orleans, didn't know less, that. Less in New you Orleans, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, if anyone didn't know, that's how service industry people get paid. In different parts of the country, that's that's what it is. In in civilized countries, that that's how yeah, it works. Yeah. Um, okay, so now you're working at Tangletown Public House, which is that Travers's right. bar? Like he owns that bar? No, he is. Um, okay, so it used to be called uh, Elysian Tangletown, Elysian the beer, of course, uh-huh. um, which is like one of the most famous like craft things, and it started in Seattle, and then it was bought by. Anheuser-Busch, which was bought by InBev, whatever. So the one of the founders of Tangletown, his name is David Bueller, who really liked Tangletown Elysian, or Elysian Tangletown, pardon me. After they got bought out, he decided to take over that spot, and Elysian didn't want to deal with it anymore because they were going to like hone in their beer focus, you know, not their restaurant focus. And so he took it over, and so it's like still kind of like partly Elysian and Tangletown. I forgot where I was going. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> that was a less com- or far more complicated. Yeah, we answer can edit this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, what was the question one more time? What the question. The question had. I was just asking. I'll do I thought. This thing. I, yeah, I thought maybe. Um, oh tra- yeah. Travers That's owned right, the that's bar, right, but no right. is the answer to that question effectively. And no, he's uh, like Travers is like the owner's number two. I was gonna. So then I guess yeah. I was asking that question to lead up to something to the effect of like, uh, I'm, I'm still cutting my interviewer teeth, by the way. Um, so I was gonna no, lead fine. up to a question, uh, something to the effect of like. So I imagine that working at a bar is pretty much business as usual. Working at a bar, except way better because you're because you're doing so in a civilized country rather than in a um, literal sinkhole that pretends it's a city on a daily basis. And you are not doing business as usual now, though, because it's the apocalypse. So I guess how is it? What's what are the differences between being a bartender during the apocalypse and being a bartender? any other time well it's it's kind of hard for me to say because it's different over here in general than it is being a bartender in new orleans there's a law in washington where if you um sell booze you have to sell food and so a lot of the bars here like waver in between being like super like dive bar where they make you like microwave quesadillas and they have like a hot dog roller to a bar that has like a nice food program and 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 you know and then there's like weird in-betweens so you know i i think i got here in december 
and which is another big difference. This is their that was their slow period when New Orleans where I worked before. Uh, um, summer is a slow because it's so hot, you know. Yeah. But here it's like it's like four hours of daylight and it's always raining. Um, so that's why it's slow. So I was I was like having to get used to a new feeling of bartending already because you know you we're a public house but we're like mainly a restaurant it's got a bar i was going through some hoops but the difference between now and when i started it shows up a lot in um like the to-go drink culture ah yeah you know coming from a place where to-go drinks i mean I never even called them to-go drinks. It was just a drink. You know? uh, <laughs> Take it you if just, you want. <laughs> if you felt like going, you would go. And if not, you know, uh, it's like it's like a cardigan. You can wear it when you feel cold or if you just think you might need it later, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's we you can't do that. That's like unheard of, you know. It's you know every time you think of New Orleans or like Vegas, you're like, oh yeah, just walking around with drinks, and so. Now, um, they've kind of eased the ban on that, but only in the sense that restaurants can offer them to you. Um, like we're a, it's a craft beer city, state, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, just time in our lives. Uh, and so everyone's drinking like all these, they've got like 20 draft beers, uh, and so now, you know, and the growler thing, so people can bring their growler and you fill up the draft beers. That was big. But now we have like a machine that'll can our draft beer into tall boys. What? Um, that is yeah, sick. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like a, it's a 16 ounce silver unlabeled can and you just fill it with, with the beer and then you put it on this canner, you slap a lid on it. And then you hit the button, so it spins really fast, and then you crimp it one way, and then you crimp it back the other way, and then you stop it, and it's just like a perfectly canned beer, and it opens like a tuna can, like the entire top peels <laughs> off. Amazing. Yeah, and Both so I've been like filling them with water and like just drinking them like <laughs> water all day. Right. Uh, or like beer all day, rather. <laughs> but so we have we have things like this now, and... And we're also doing, we have 11 ounce cans and we've been making uh, batch cocktails into it. Ah. Um, and so people, you know, the idea is you like, oh yeah, I'll, I, I still want to try this beer and I have this beer and I'm going to drink two of these because these are my regulars and, 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 and you think people are going to grab these and then go sit on their porch. But everyone just like steps into like the middle of the street in front of the restaurant and they crack it open <laughs> they start drinking it outside uh and and i hear everyone saying golf rules golf rules and i and i and i you know i never connected that uh really because i'm not really a golf person right. um also we're from I'm we're from ha- places I'm... where they definitely allow drinking outside both in mississippi yeah, and in uh, new orleans the one place i was told in new orleans i couldn't drink was at the uh putt-putt course but i think they changed that since interesting <laughs> anti-golf rules yeah. i was i'm assuming anyway yeah. because i wanted to get you to clarify golf rules does means it's okay to drink outside as long as we're golfing um no i think i think they mean that um let's act like we're playing golf because we drink on the golf course because mm. it's golf who cares 
<laughs> we're a little privileged anyway because we're playing golf. <laughs> I mean, okay. that's that's what I assume. You might mm. be more right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But that's what I got from this. There's, pr- there's probably a bit of privilege involved. I know our last guest did say something about like, you know, she's she's a social worker. So she's been talking to a lot of people. Part of her part of what her job has become is giving phone calls to people in her neighborhood. And a lot of them, she says, report that they're like living their best life. They're enjoying the time that they've got to, you know, plant gardens and and play with their dogs and be with their children. And then other people are like, I've never felt oh, I bet. Yeah. so paralyzed. So, you know, uh, occasionally you, you have the privilege and I, and it is a privilege to, to really love when something like this happens because it really just sort of fits into your MO. Yeah. And so that's, I what, mean, and that's, so all the golfers, kind of, they can just stand in the street now and, and do, and it's yeah. and everywhere is their golf course. The world is their golf course. Uh, well, it, it's funny that you say that a guy pulled up in front of the restaurant um, when I was in there a golf this weekend cart. and well, he pulled up in a van and the thing is with vans here, people live in them um, as like a normal casual thing. And, and now they've like, uh, since a lot of businesses are closed down, they're just like parked and parking lots and stuff because they can't be parked at the park because they closed all the parking there but so a guy pulls up in his van uh, right across the street from work next to some regulars of ours who have been calling the tailgate of their truck their back deck and they're like yeah we're just hanging out in the back deck today and we're gonna (laughs) you know get some get some ciders and drink them but this guy pulls up in his van to sit you know at the six feet apart away from them but in his van like or Attached to his van is just like a four by four pallet trailer um, with AstroTurf on it. Um, and that's his yard. So he will just drive it to wherever there's like sunlight um, or a place to stay for the night and hang out. And he'll like sit on it. <laughs> and, you know, and I think like that is such an awesome way to adapt you know and i think that i think that if i was like living in a van i would i would be having a terrible time but if i was like having fun with it and i kind of made some made some fun little way to hang out with my friends or like get some outside time uh i think that's like that's fucking is brilliant you know i mean that sounds uh, so strikingly new orleans yeah no it 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 really did. Um, and, and like, so, and I always thought living in New Orleans, I was like, man, like, why can't every place just understand? Like, I want to drink where I want. I want to smoke where I want. Like, let me just have this shit. And, and now, like, I don't know if Seattle is like catching up or like slowing way down and going backwards <laughs> and backsliding into becoming New Orleans or like they're like progressing into New Orleans. It's really weird. I guess time really is like a, a donut, you know? Uh, time is a flat circle. Yeah, it's just yeah. sprinkled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Life's a donut, man. We're just like fried. <laughs> <laughs> We're all cops when you think about it. Just eating the big yeah. donut of life. Okay, uh, So I wanted to um, bring up a point, but I'm not exactly <laughs> sure how to do it, which is like... um. Okay, so I've been I've been musing to myself 
about people wanting to open up restaurants again, which they do here in Arkansas, which is where I am. And they, mm-hmm. um, and so they're talking about like by May 11th, they're like, we're going to see if we can do like some restaurants, but you're going to have to be operating at 33% capacity. Um, so the tables have to be far apart. The chairs all have to be far apart. There are no parties larger than like 10, I think is the number, but like a large number, a yeah, fairly yeah. large number. And, uh, and the waiters all have to wear masks and gloves, which of course they're going to have to like change out in between tables, which I see as prohibitive right there alone. That one fact. But I wonder like what's to be gained because, you know, what kind of a, which waiter are you going to get to come in there and like work for the 30 cents an hour that you're going to make and how can a chef like justify running a restaurant at 30 percent capacity like how is that economically solvent and then like in a situation and then i also understand that there are grants to help them make this possible but that means that they're you know like here Mm -hmm. in arkansas they're going to have to start paying the waiters wages like so for you your job's been pretty cool because you know, tips be damned, at least you've got your 15 bucks an hour. But um, for people, right. for people in Arkansas, that's not, that's not a luxury they enjoy. So what would the man, what would the general manager of a restaurant opening in Arkansas right now, or for that matter, in any time in the foreseeable future in New Orleans, think about a, a policy of, of paying the waiters well bef- before they get tipped out? Yeah. I've like, of doing like upping the minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Well, do you remember that restaurant that opened up for like, I don't even think it made it till it was open. Um, that was where Sukotai used to be um, by our bar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you remember they opened a restaurant or they tried to open a restaurant there and they're like, we're going to pay like before they even said what the restaurant was going to be. They're like, we're going to pay our staff like, you know, $13 an hour. Or whatever. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, that's not gonna work. Yeah. And they ended up they ended up not ever opening. But I think it was because like one of the investors stole money. That's neither here nor there. And I don't want to say that in case you know they didn't. And yeah, sure. And I'm just being a brat. well to that um, to that uh, to to but, your point also that place there was this place Echoes Pizza on Bienville open for a little while has now become um, a different pizza restaurant, but I think they were trying to use that model too. Like there's not really any floor service. It's kind of just like, 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 uh, like thousand figs is it was the same, um, restaurant group, I guess. Yeah. I don't know why they closed down, but so I guess, uh, back, back, back to what I know it does, but back to what you were saying, like, do you, you, so you think that's because like waiters aren't waiters aren't interested in not working for tips i think that there's a big like culture of that in new orleans anyway yeah uh i you know the thing is um when i when i first got here and i was like oh like i can't wait to like figure out how it's going to be to make you know 15 bucks an hour like i thought the food was going to be way more expensive i thought you know it was going to be the customer paying for the restaurant to be able to pay them 15 dollars an hour you know and it's not it's not really that much more expensive to eat over here than it was back home. So like, maybe it's just something that restaurateurs are going to have to like figure out what they need to cut back on in order to have both like a staff that they can payroll and a staff that is paid 
you know, more than the minimum wage over there, but like 15. I'm not an expert. I don't know where that extra money lies or whatever, but I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna come down to like, they're either gonna have to pay the waiters $15 or they're gonna have to shutter, you know? Yeah. Like, or I mean, or they're gonna have to have like a to-go model where they're just doing like counter service. Right. And it makes sense to pay everyone that much, you know? Right. Sorry. Right. No. I wish I had a better answer for you. That's, that's fine. It's the it's the best I could do. I'm sure it's hard hard to say and anything we say at all is speculation at this point. But there's there's like one one kind of crazy thing uh that's going on with the restaurant that I'm at. So we did, you know, like standard bar fare, you know, we had like a bunch of nice sandwiches and then, you know, wings and fries and shit like that, but it was like you know, it was like slightly elevated, but only just a little bit. <laughs> and we, uh, and right before, you know, everything was like quarantined and isolated and shut down. And there was still the coronavirus in Seattle. It was like early March. So it was, it was already here, but you know, it was unsure like what, which direction it was going. Um, we had got a pizza oven. And so we started doing like, you know, like two, three sandwiches, and then we have pizzas. Delicious. And, um, yeah, and I don't know if it is, if it was just, like, the season changing uh, that, like, made kind of things more happening in restaurants, um, or if it was just this, like, shutdown where people, like, just have to go outside because it's finally nice again, and they're like, oh, I'll just grab... I'll grab a pizza while I'm out or they, if they really just enjoy it and it's selling like gangbusters, but like we're doing not better, but we're, we're doing enough now where, where we're sustaining, you know? Um, That's great. Yeah. It, it's, it's so crazy. Yeah. You know, um, of course the kitchen loses a, a little bit of hours. Um, but even they get, um, tipped out, you know? Yeah. And people and people are being super generous right now because they know that, you know, of course, I've hung up like 10 signs outside, but they know that this is like the tips are what we kind of hope for because some of us are only working like, you know, four hours a week now opposed to the 12 that we had. Um, so the tips have been good and people have been people have been aware, I think, for the first time in a long time that. You don't like start your tip percentage at twenty and then like chip away mm-hmm. at numbers if they fuck up. You know? Right. Um, the twenty percent's the like, floor. Now, how do you like yeah. your eggs stands behind that? <laughs> yeah. Um, now it's like, you know, oh, you don't want to tip twenty percent to your restaurant worker? Okay, then like we're just gonna have to lobby and take it out of your fucking taxes. Yeah. Then, you know? <laughs> so they're like, so now now they're shelling out, and I think. Uh, I think that's finally brought a lot of that to light. That's that's a beautiful thing. We we got to look for these silver linings, you know. Yeah. yeah. If you don't have if you if you don't have 20%, like maybe just stay home, honestly. Yeah. I mean, just get some of Asher's eggs. Yeah, I've got eggs. Um, Who wants some eggs? <laughs> All right, um, man, we've been talking for like oh, surprisingly long time right now. And um the show's only supposed to be Well, I was I was kind of one I was kind of wondering too. Like, I mean, we haven't had any callers or anything, so I, I didn't know <laughs> if if um, if like yeah, there was like some sort of cutoff, or if this was like kind of just conversational between me and you. Oh yeah, let's take a look uh, at the board here. 
Oh, she's lit up like a Christmas tree. All right, let's take a color. Um, we've got Ida from New Orleans. Ida, you're on. How do you like your eggs? Bye. Hi, stinky booty butt wizard. Yeah, <laughs> uh, do you have a question for our guest? <laughs> okay. Um, all right, let's go to our next caller. We've got Melanie from Shirley, Arkansas. Hey, Melanie, you're on. How do you like your eggs? Hello? Hello, yes, you're on. How do you, how do you like your eggs? Hey. Go right ahead. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? Uh, no, we don't. Why would we have that? Well, you better let him out. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because I haven't talked to you in a while. We can just chat. And and we can still talk about this sort of stuff if you want. That's Unless true. that's like too much editing for you to go through. Well, there's a uh, ritual at the end of every episode. So we've got to do that. But then we can always continue this conversation off air. Okay. There, um, there are questions too. Uh, they are, A, if you could go, uh, like, what's your favorite place to eat in New Orleans right now is usually that question. But that's a, but that's not one that can be easily answered by you. I modified it for our last guest to say, like, what's your favorite meal Social out of a... <laughs> meal out of a styrofoam box from the back of a van. Do you all have any of that stuff going on up there? <laughs> you know what? There was, uh, there's a place here called Bakabak. It's a Korean fried chicken and Southern American <laughs> biscuit place. Um, and they, and like over in the university district, they just have like a window and a lot of people don't realize that. And they're like, walk up and they're like, stick their head in the window. And they're like three. <laughs> and she's like, you can sit in the parking lot, but like this, this is just a window. Um, so that's still my favorite walk up to go service place, um, uh, pre COVID and, uh, uh, post COVID. I've been trying to get this to catch on. So if you're uh, any of your listeners, um, uh, COVID preteen and COVID-19, COVID-19 and COVID-20. I like COVID, COVID tween, COVID tween and COVID-19. COVID engaged and underaged. <laughs> um, Poor COVID. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say, yeah, I'd say, uh, yeah, I'd say for Seattle, Bakabak, um, you know, big ups to them. Um, uh, if, you know, if they want to call in, they could uh, do a little commercial. Um, but um, yeah, but they've been, they've been super dope holding it together. And, but if I was in New Orleans and I had like one chance to eat, a meal off the back of a truck it'd be uh there's that taco truck that was uh across from the broad theater ah yes yes indeed. i love that place i even follow her on instagram and i have no idea how <laughs> <laughs> do you remember do you remember post special k going or going after the red cross trucks like they were ice cream trucks oh yeah <laughs> yeah man <laughs> And uh, and like going over to one friend's house that had like 500 MREs, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's that good stuff. Oh, apocalypses. Um, all right. So the second the second question is: if you could give yourself any advice, if you could give a younger self any advice, what do you think you in relation to 
uh, to your service yeah, industry. Or... I guess in in relation to your chosen to myself career, in but general. you can yeah, you can just riff. Um, I know that we've had at least one guest who, when asked that question, was just like, "Don't, don't do this. Don't go into this line of work." You know, I, I would. I'm like, you know, I'm actively trying to get out of this line of work. I moved here to find like a software engineering job and took a bar job in the meantime. And thank God I did because mm. uh, I surely would have been furloughed. But, you know, I never would say like, don't do it. Because like I met crazy amounts of cool people doing bar work and made a lot of money. And and like I wouldn't have been able to quit drinking without you know, some people that I met in the bar industry. So I'd say as ironic uh, as that seems, if I can, yeah. Right? <laughs> if I, if, but if, if I had to say some advice to myself from the past, I don't know. I would like, I would like, uh, I tell myself to stretch first. I never did that before. I'd like gone on my bike or, like, and skateboard <laughs> and I like, walked a lot. Yeah. And my, and, and I know people that are like, oh, I got bad knees. I'm like, you don't have fucking bad knees. We're like, we're 30. But yeah. um, I think I have a bad knee now. It's just <laughs> like, I'm in so much pain all the time. Oh, God. Yeah. And, Should have been and stretching. I think like, the silly part about that is, yeah, I know. I think the silly part about that is, it's because I sit on the floor to play video games <laughs> all day now. <laughs> it's not even from biking. I have an electric bike. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, I know. I'm. I think so, I'm, I'm probably. De- I'm probably developing um, sit-down related illnesses at, at this point. I guess I've. Yeah. I've, so, I've start- so stretch first. Yeah, stretch first before all that. Before I binge on video games. <laughs> and that's all you get. Not only because I know we were beginning to wear out our welcome, but also because my recorder decided to give up on us, just as many of you have, I'm sure. This show was brought to you by no one other than me and our gracious Patreon subscribers. Please direct queries to louder at cicadaradio.com, write us a review, drop us some stars, but most importantly, wash your hands, loved ones. Okay, we'll see you next time on How Do You Like Your Egg? Just glad to see a blue morning and a yellow egg At the break of day But you gotta break them before you make them That's what they say This is Cicada Radio. Sing, love, die.